0: Hello and welcome to the Hearts Review with me, Ross McLeod and Gordon Sr. Joining us this week is Calvin to talk about the win over Dundee, preview Air United at Tin Castle, talk about the defence, and we chat a little bit about VAR in Scotland. Oh, we finally got a win. We must be happy.
1: I'm I'm not that happy really. Um I had hearts minus one, and they let me down for five hundred and eighty quid today on a six fold. So um, no, not not happy at all. But uh, apart from that, if I put those personal feelings aside, I suppose uh, it's uh, it was a good victory. Um, but I, I, you know, I would have liked to for it to be a little more comfortable. And um, we certainly had the opportunities to make it more comfortable today. Um, you know, I thought we missed particularly in the second half some guilt-edged chances and then, you know, we don't put that go- we don't put the game to bed and inevitably we concede a sloppy penalty and um, it ends up being back to the wall for the last 10-15 uh, minutes and um, to be honest with you, I think if Dundee had equalised, I don't think you you really could have grudged them it to be honest with you because they were certainly moving the ball around quickly and they, they had this pegged in for, for large parts of that last period there so, um, but it's a win, you know, it stops the, that, that run of four games without without a victory. Um, and um, I think we, we we can obviously be pleased. So um, 15 clear, again, it's another game ticked off on the road to the title. And I think that's probably all we can really say about it. I mean, it was certainly an improvement from the last couple of weeks, but it wasn't a huge improvement. And I think um, personally, going into the game, I, I felt Hearts would have took and that's stupidly maybe blindly why I backed it in, on my coupon, um, that we, we would have took two or three off them today, uh, you know, but by, you know, two or three clear goals. Um, so, disappointing in that, that aspect, but at the same time when you are on a bit of a sticky run, I think it's important that you grind out a result, particularly in a big game like like today, and it uh, gets us back on track. So, yeah, I think I think we should be pleased.
0: Relief as well. Calvin's probably the word after that result.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, when you've been on a run that we're on, you kind of, you kind of just have to take anyone out, anyone whatever way it comes. But I think Gordon's is right. Given the way that we've been playing recently, a home game against a team that there's an obvious grudge there, I expect us to come out and you know give them an absolute pace. And I mean, we, we beat them six-two three months ago. I'm not expecting us to put six past them, but I'd like to be a bit more comfortable. Definitely like the last ten minutes wasn't good for your good for your blood pressure. And Gordon said you probably couldn't have grudged them. I mean I think over the over the course I think it was a fair result. Um but on like, we did miss two absolute guilty one was an absolute sitter from Mackay Steven. Boyce Boyce's was a good chance. I mean it's necessary, but on the counterpoint they missed us like they missed an absolute sitter as well. Uh hit one 0 Or was it no actually was that still nil nil when the boy headed over the bar after God after it hit the crossbar. Yeah, on the balance of play, you've just got to take it like if if that if we weren't in the sort of run we were in, you would go, well, ah, it's an hour win and our win. But I think we'd we'd if we'd drop points today, I'd have been in serious panic mode now. I think that it stops it lot. We've now got a sort of better run of games coming up. We've got a few home games coming up. So hopefully we can kick on.
0: And it's good to see uh, Andy Halliday on the score sheet, Gordon.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's, he's came in for quite a lot of stick recently, um, which I think, to be fair, he can handle. Um, but I think he, he does get a reputation amongst fans of being um, a better passenger, which, you know, I, I think some of the criticism he's had has, has been harsh. Um, but good goal today. I mean, again, you can maybe question Jack Hamilton for that one. Um, but credit to how they got himself in a, a good position from a really good cross. And, um, and done what he needed to do. I mean, I thought there was a few good crosses in that first half and we just, you know, we weren't gambling and, and we, you know, particularly there was two just before the goal um, where I thought Gandaly could have done, you know, they could have gambled and went to the back post and and tried to score. Um, but it was like they were both, him and Boys, particularly. particular, I thought they were guilty just kind of standing there and wanting the ball straight to their head rather than them actually making a bit of movement to try and get themselves in there and get an early goal think that's something we need to work on maybe get our strikers being a little bit more mobile because if you've got really good balls coming into the box with you know you've actually you want your strikers to to gamble and and you know if one striker misses a chance at the the the, the near post then you know you want your another one particularly if you're playing two up front to go and gamble at the back post um so but I thought both of them were a bit you know lackluster in that first half but um you know, it was good to see him get a goal, though, in the second half, Nander Lee. Um and then Boyce as well. As as Calvin says, should have scored. Um, it's a good chance. You know, he, he he creates a bit of space, and he's just unlucky. Hits the under right, and um, but I think definitely, you know, I'd like to see us get back to the stage where we're scoring more goals. Uh, I know Robbie Nielsen said plenty of times. It's the reality is we're not going to win four or five nil every week. Not expecting us to win four or five nil every week, but I would like to have our fair share of four or five nils, particularly while we're in this division. So um, for me, towards the end of the season, I think that's something we need to build on and and try and certainly make um, games more comfortable for us because, you know, we, we can't keep um, sitting back for the last 10 minutes and particularly, you know, if we're only leading by a goal or if it's the game's square and just hope that it's always going to turn out well for us. Nandalee got this
0: the second goal, Calvin. He took it very well coming off the goalie. Jack Hunt made a good save actually. And he he, he done well to, to score the goal from that rebound, didn't
2: he? Yeah, at first I thought he just got quite lucky. But when you watch it back, he sort of adjusts his feet really well to to get the finish. It was a real well taken goal. Um, to be honest, Nandalee's all round play today, like his his cross for holidays was fantastic. It was the same for his cross for Walker the other week there as well. Like he's He's obviously quite good at putting balls in. Um, so overall I was really impressed. With him. Like you say with that goal, he's he's done well to get in the position in the first place. Fair enough, he probably should have scored first time, but then to readjust himself and take it how he did, it was that no, was really good from the big man. He's, he's the thing I was all, you're always worried when you're a player like that is that we're just gonna hunt balls into the head. With him, he was he's he's obviously good with the ball his feet. He's a good football player. And I think Kim and Boyce today at times, some of the link-up play between them. Uh, was was fantastic. I and mean, Boyce didn't get a goal today, which is it's unusual for him at the moment. It, like despite the fact that Hearts have been, poor, Boyce has been still been in really really good form. But I thought he's some of his overall play today again was outstanding. Like the the Mackay Stephen miss, which I'm sure will come on at some point. Like Boyce's overall overall play in that was fantastic. Deserved a goal for that alone. And um, there's a few other times right after he came back on when he got injured and he just started taking the boy on. So between the two of them, I was really impressed with the forward line today. I don't. Yeah, they could. We could have scored a couple more. You obviously want your striker scoring, but I think I think that could be a decent partnership going forward. They seem to read each other fairly well. I think Gordon alluded to it earlier, that the gambling—one of them gambling near post, one of them gambling far post—they didn't do that in the first half quite as much as you'd like, But then they have this is the first game they've ever started together. But as the game wore on, they seem to they seem to get quite a good understanding between the two of them. So it's it's definitely a big positive from today's game.
1: Yeah, I'll take I'll I'll take time certainly for them to actually get a partnership there and a bit of chemistry. Um, I agree with what you were saying there, particularly in the second half. They did they did look a little bit more on par with each other. But I think I think with Nanderley, you know, when you come in and score two goals on your debut, particularly only 10 minutes into your debut, I think people's expectations naturally are just going to, you know, rocket through the roof. And um, I think he's been a bit unlucky because clearly he, he hasn't been fit. And I've read, you know, in, in the paper there, he was talking about his strengths, and he, was, he says he's was, he was been frustrated because, effectively, he wasn't getting enough service. Um, so I think we, we definitely need to, you know, if we, if it is going to be, a, you know, a two up top that, that we we play now, um, which you would expect it to be uh, with, with Boyce and signing a striker like Nandalee, because he's not going to come here and just want to sit on the bench or, or be a bit-part player. He'll be expecting to start. If we are going to go with the two up front, particularly in the Premiership next season, um, and, and they can get themselves uh, on on par and scoring goals. And I think definitely we need to look at ways of of getting as many goals out of both of them as we can. And I think we need to look at our creative players to do more because I think that's actually where we're lacking now. You know, I think particularly the last few games have showed that for me as um, we're so pedestrian in the middle of the park now. Yeah, we've got a lot of runners and we've got a lot of boys who will get stuck in, but I think we we've got a, a bit of lack of quality now, actually. Particularly, you know, when Oli left, you know, a, a lot of his assists, you know, you take that out of the team. And I think we're we're missing that. I like McInef, you know, I like his energy. I think he can be a guy who will score a lot of goals. You know, he'll be he'll be a key player, I think, going forward. But I'd still like us to add a wee bit of magic in there.
0: I think McInef's made a good start, though, Calvin, is not he? And Gordon did allude to that.
1: Yeah, I've been impressed,
2: to be honest. I think he's been one of the sort of plus points of the last few weeks. Um, he seems definitely, like, he seems good on the ball, but he actually seems wanting to drive drive play forward. It's just kind of like Gordon was saying, that sort of what's in front of him, like, between him and the strikers, like, um, that we've not, not got that creativity there. We're definitely suffering as a result of that. No, I think he's definitely been definitely been a massive plus point for me since he signed. He seems to have sort of lived up to the hype because the thing that always worries me when we spend a, I mean, it's not a big fee, but we spent some money on him. These players tend to get hyped up a fair bit, but he just seems a bit, sort of, does the the basics well, which is what you need first and foremost. And then it's actually a lot of energy in the middle of the park, which is something we have been missing for quite a long time. Somebody who's just able to drive us forward from midfield. So I've I've been really impressed with him so far. Be interested to see how he he is when he steps up a level or when he gets a partner beside him who's hopefully as capable as he is. I think it would be quite good.
1: I think I think in the Premier League it will probably suit him better as well because you would expect him to get a wee bit more space, um, and and games to be a little bit more open. You know, I think um, you know, I think he can have a similar impact to, um, you know, maybe what Hartley did when he came in. You know, you it looks like you know when he gets settled, he could be that type of player, um, box to box. And I think you know we've not really had that since probably Hartley left. To be honest with you, um, that type of midfielder we've always had to kind of you know, either a holding midfielder or, you know, an attacking midfielder. I don't think we've ever had the, the balance of both. So it's quite refreshing to actually see us have that type of player again. Um, And I think, you know, going forward, he, he could be a really, really big player for us.
2: Yeah, he does, he's, he's not afraid to have a shot either. Like, he was really unlucky against Morton not to score. Um, I think the other week he had a really good chance as well. Like, he's... he's I'm, I'm hoping you're right with the Hartley comparisons. But yeah, right, it's been a long time since we've had we just not had anybody as close to him in ability in general, but in that sort of player the closest I possibly think of was Bruno Aguilar, but again he wasn't he was more an out and out attacking mid rather than box to box.
1: Ah yeah, but but Bruno was a luxury player, wasn't he? You know, he could just he could turn anything, you know, just clicking the fingers and he he would score similar to Scatchel in many ways. I always thought, yeah. you know, he, he could just take get a goal out of anything, you know. You wouldn't necessarily yeah. see him track back too often, but you know, he could he could win you a game. Yeah. I think we missed that. I think that's the problem, isn't it? You know, we, we I just don't think we have a Bruno Agua a Rudy Scatchell type player in the middle of the park. You know, a lot of people talk about Jamie Walker and, and we've spoken about Jamie Walker plenty of times on this, this show. Um, he didn't start today and I think there's a reason for that. I, I just think going forward, I think maybe Nielsen doesn't see him being that bit of magic in the middle of the park who who's going to long term be the, the person who wins us games and... um I actually agree with him. You know, I, I want Walker to do well. I think he's, he's got a lot of ability. I think he should remain part of the squad. I think he, you know, definitely if you need a goal, he, he's already right to come on. I think he'll be able to start his fair share of games and do well. But in terms of actually going forward, I, I really think we need a huge bit of quality in there. And I don't know where we get it from. I don't know what the answer would be. But, um, I, you know, I think it's something we need to, we need to desperately look at.
2: Yeah, my only problem with the sort of walker thing that you're saying is it seems really bizarre to me that Nielsen started a week in, week out when he was playing terribly, but now he seems to be chipping in with goals and assists every week he dropped him. I think your overall point on Walker is right, but I think at this moment in time when we're clearly struggling for goals and every time he's came off the bench recently, he's either produced an assist or a goal. It just doesn't make it it doesn't make much sense to me.
1: I think he's obviously altered Nielsen's thinking. I think, you know, Nielsen probably decided Towards the end of the year, there that going forward, um, you know Walker wasn't going to be his man. I don't think. Um, he'll certainly be used. You know, you you will see him start games and he'll come off the bench. And you know, if if he scores or assists, then fantastic. But I just think you know, I think going forward, I think Nielsen will be looking for something else in there. Um, you know, or maybe it's just a fitness issue and he's he's not too happy yet. Um, that Jamie Walker's, you know, at a level where he can consistently do it, and I don't know that there, there could be a number of reasons. I think you know he went with two up top today. I think uh, you you probably, I mean, you're struggling for places right away once you've got the two up front, uh, two up front, because I mean then you you look at the midfield and you've got to have the right balance in there. And it depends what Jamie Walker turns up because sometimes you could you could be you know it could be like you're a man down, um, but at the same time he could be a match winner for you. So I think. He's probably just doesn't trust him fully yet, um, and whether he will or or, or not going forward, is uh, time will tell. But I think, um, like you say, when he's scoring goals and getting assists, and he's not able to get in the team, it maybe just tells you, tells you more than than, than you think.
0: A player that, that did start today was uh, Gary Mackay steven I mean, he did put a good a good ball in Fernandeli eh, for his goal, but he did miss an absolute sitter as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was. There's no getting away from it. It was, uh, it was an open goal. <laughs> like, an open goal from two yards out. He's got to be scoring that. I thought he was... A, a, I mean, he's not been great. There's no getting away from it. Like, I'm, I'm still hopeful. I'm still hopeful that he's just getting up to speed or whatever. I think after he missed that, though, his whole sort of attitude seemed to change. Like, like you say, his ball and Fernando, he was good. But after that, he started beating men. He started, I don't know if, like, that miss might be the sort of rocket he needed. Because... I mean it was it was awful. Right? especially at the time of the game, Where right? you that, that that kills the game stone dead, and he's just I mean, I'm terrible, but I'd give myself a shit with that one. Um,
1: so I think I, I think don't... even I think even Spencer would have scored that. I mean, let's be honest with you. Jack <laughs> Hamilton is a poor goalkeeper. Um, but he's left the majority of the goal gaping. Yeah. And instead of actually tapping in the side where, you know, the, there's a huge amount of space. He's, like, trying to put it back across himself and Jack Hamill just thought, oh, it's Christmas. How, how is that not a goal? Um, oh, baffling, it really was. It's probably one of the worst misses I've, I've seen at Ten Castle and, you know, there's certainly been a fair few. Um, it, it, it was... He, do you know what? He's probably lucky there wasn't fans in there because he would have got absolutely slaughtered for that. He really would have done. Um, but, I, as you say, credit to him. You know, he's obviously dusted himself down and maybe that's given the boot up the arse he needs. And... Um, and hopefully, going forward, we'll we'll start to see him influence games a lot more because so far he's he's been extremely poor. And I think what maybe will give him a bit of grace with with with, uh, with Nielsen and, and the fans just now is that we know what type of player he is and we know the ability he possesses. And I think if he can get himself you know back to that level, then he'll be an asset for Hearts. But at the moment, he's been nowhere near it.
2: No, definitely, not. that's that's probably that's probably quite inaccurate. Description like he's not he's not lived up to the hype at all so far and I kind of question is if Mackay Stevens wasn't you know if it was an unknown foreign player that we signed I think people would be going absolutely mental. I'm starting every week. I think he gets he's got a bit of leeway because we know we know how good he can be and how good he was in Scotland previously, but he's not done anything to justify starting every week for the last couple of weeks. And then like I say that missed today. After it, he was really good, I felt. I thought I thought after it, even even aside from Nando assist, I actually had moments where he was beating his man, the player that I thought we were signing. Um, but I'm just hoping that's it. Like, he's he's realised he can't just coast. He's, he's got to, like, you know, he's, he's got to come in. He's got to try hard. He's got to produce. He can't just start every game and not produce anything, which has kind of been where he's been at. So I'm hopeful hopefully that's it like that that mess has sort of woken him up a bit and now he he realizes he can't he just can't just coast through it
0: is there though an expectation that he he is this type of player and do Hearts fans not think you know he should be playing you know like he did at Aberdeen like he did at Dundee United he is trying to still get up to speed sort of thing and he does need game time to do that though doesn't he?
1: Yeah, but I think I think he's been here long enough now. I mean, what well, it's now March and, you know, we, we brought him in fairly early in January, didn't we? So um, I think he's had enough games to, to get himself up to speed. But I, I think the, the problem is he's a flair player and, and, listen, maybe the atmosphere's, you know, um, playing its part and, and maybe he needs that extra boost from the crowd, you know, when when you, a winger, particularly at the start of a game, takes on a full-back and he gets a beating of him within the first couple of minutes. That gives the, the one, I mean, one it affects the, the fullback, but it also gives the, the winger himself a bit of, you know, confidence and, and a leg up. So um, maybe he's missing that, you know, it, it could, you know, w- w- when fans return, maybe we'll start seeing the best of Mackay Stephen again, you know, he'll start showboating a little bit more and we'll start seeing that skillful player that, that the one that was at Dundee United and, and Aberdeen and, and even Celtic as well. Um yeah, listen, he's been here and he's done it in this league and he, he knows what's required. I mean, to be fair to him as well, it's his first time in the Championship, but I don't think there's a huge difference in, in the Championship than there is in the Premiership. But hopefully, um, you know, it's just a case of am just settling in and getting back into Scottish football again. But I think, you know, he's he's clearly a big sign-in for going forward and, you know, he'll be seen as, as a key man, um, particularly, you know, from a Robbie Nielsen point of view he'll be judged as one of his um, big sign-ins and it'll, de- it'll determine whether or not he'll be a flop or or if he'll actually be a, a pretty good sign-in going forward. Because I think, listen, on paper, you know, if you're sitting playing football manager and Gary Mackay steven comes up and you go, oh, I'll sign him, he'll be a decent player. Uh, look at his stats, I'll take him in, he'll improve my side. Um, but unfortunately, you know, we're living in strange times and footballers in particular, ones that, you know, Looked absolutely brilliant last season, suddenly look a shadow of themselves. Um, and I mean that right across the board. So who knows? Who knows? Um, hopefully, it will improve, though.
0: What did you make of Mihai Pescu's defensive mishap, Calvin? Uh, <laughs>
2: It's just stupid. It's just absolutely ridiculous. Like the, it's, it's not even a guilt-edged chance. He's got no chance of getting the ball. The boy's gone. Just let him go. Let him go. Have the, I mean, we've got Craig Gordon in goals. He probably saves that if the boy even gets a shot away. I'd imagine Gordon possibly wanted to put his boot through the telly at that point, given given how much he had at stake on that. Um, yeah, it was... I, I just don't know. I don't know what it was I, I, I then. Don't, I don't understand the need for it. Um, like I say, it's not a guilt-edged chance. It's not like the boy's guaranteed to score there he's in the box you, you knew before the ref even blew his whistle before he even made contact as soon as you seen him go for it you just knew he was going to give it away because the boy was too. The ball was too far in front of him Won it from where he was so I just I can laugh about it now because he won the game but if that had cost us you'd be furious like you'd be absolutely raging at that costing us the game
1: I'm not laughing <laughs> <laughs> no I mean it, it was it was sheer And you know I've, I've stood up for a uh for do plenty of times on this show and you know he's he's been called hearts as worst signing and all this sort of thing. But um no, I'm not having that. No, you're um, that nah we're we're no buddies anymore. Um no I think clearly it highlights that that we absolutely need to invest in our, our defence. You know, I mean it was absolutely ridiculous to, to slide in from behind um in the box, it's, it's it's criminal defending. I mean you wouldn't even see that at schoolboy level. I mean just I, I don't know what he's thinking. It's like he has a because I thought up until that, he was having a, a decent enough game. You know, he, he was he was strolling it, really, up against Cummins. And, um, you know, it's just, just stupid. It really was. And, um, you know, he puts the pressure right on the team after that. And as I said, you know, earlier, Dundee, I thought, you know, last 10, 15 minutes, when they got the goal, they got their tail up. Because they looked dead and buried, really, to be honest with you, up until they um, they got that goal back into the game. Um you know, you just thought if these equalise here, you know, we've totally shot ourselves in the foot and he'll be the man that's blamed. But I still wouldn't drop him for Berra. I still wouldn't bring Berra back in just because he's gave away a penalty there. Um, I still think going forward, um, he'll get us till the end of the season. But clearly um, we absolutely need to say, I think we should sign two centre-halves. Because um, I'm, I'm not particularly convinced by Halkett either. I thought he looks, uh, he looks suspect at times as well. So um, I think we've desperately got to invest in our defense.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say, like, up until that point, I've felt that it was probably one of our best defensive displays, definitely recent weeks, but possibly this year. Like Halkett probably had his best game of the season that and Popescu up till then looked absolutely solid. Um, didn't really give many chances away. Um and then he just does that and you just got a question, it. you just go, What is he thinking? And you're right, overall, I've probably banged on a bit more than anybody else. I was concerned about it in the summer. I'm more concerned that we didn't try to address it in January, and I'm more concerned now that it's yeah we'll get we'll get away with it this season because of the level we're at. But we cannot go into the Premier League with that being our central defensive options. It's just we'll be back to square one again. Um, we're lucky. I've said it a million times this season, but it's so lucky that we've got a goalkeeper of the ability that we have. I get even again today. I mean, a fantastic double save. Um, quite late on, that most other goalkeepers probably don't make the second save, and that's another, That would be another two points. I mean, if you if you go through the season, if you take Gordon and some of the saves he's made out of it, then I I think we've been a far far thicker position. So yeah, it's, it's it's been a concern for me all season. It still is, and again, we're relying on a thirty as good a goalkeeper as we're relying on a thirty-eight year old. The bail us out against Dundee at home.
1: I think I, I think you know if you go back to last season and you have Craig Gordon in that, in that side I don't other parts from the championship at the moment um even if we had managed to bring him in in January because you you know you look at the fine margins and and clearly I think if you have a goalkeeper's uh, you know the ability to Craig Gordon um and and not you know a fraud like Joe Pereira or, or Bobby Zamal um yeah you don't have these guys between the sticks and you have somebody like Craig Gordon you're not in the championship. You don't get relegated. You don't lose at home at Kalmanic 3-2 because, you know, he easily saves two of the goals that you've conceded there. Um, you know, you're not seeing them drop the ball or giving away penalties. He's he's a man that will... I mean, they say a good goalkeeper can win you 12 points a season. I think Craig Gordon's probably won us more than that already. And there's still, what, eight games left or seven games or whatever it is. But... Um, for me, yeah, I think, you know, defensively, though, if we can sort out the defence uh, and then we've got a good goalkeeper um behind us, then, you know, that's a good foundation to build from because at the moment, you know, it's for two seasons now, maybe, you know, previous season as well, you could lam out our defence, you know, apart from that period when Christoph Berra and John Suter, um managed to keep those that run of clean sheets going for a long period of time since we conceded that for that goal at motherwell which uh, a home at motherwell which broke that run defensively we've been absolutely absurd for a long time now and um and i think we we desperately need to change it because we're not we're not a club who traditionally concedes barrel loads of goals you know we're, we're a club that's known as having a solid defense you know all the way from you know all the way back to your players like craig levine and you know, and, and even, what, Jeffries and stuff like that, you know, in his heyday, you know, you would always kind of cement hearts with, uh, you know, the old Castle Rock and that. And I just think the last few years have been I've uh, been a, a, an embarrassing stain on the club's history.
2: Yeah, it's been, for the reasons you mentioned, it's been, that's why I think it's almost right. That's why I think the goalkeeping situation in the last few years before now has been so bad as well, because just like the defence, we've, in my time going... So lucky with goalkeepers, like from the Emmy to Gordon, even the ones like Kello and McLaughlin. We just seem to always find goalkeepers from somewhere Even
1: Roddy, even Roddy McKenzie, mate, you know what I mean? When he replaced yeah. the Emmy, and then you had obviously um Jamie McDonald as well, you know. Yeah, we, even Jamie Mack. Yeah. Apart from apart from maybe I can only really kinda name maybe four dud goalkeepers, and you know, three of those dud yeah. goalkeepers have came within the last Five years. Well, three of them um, last season's options. Well, exactly, exactly. You know, Doyle's Lamal, um, Pereira, and then obviously I think Tepi Molyan back in what 2002. You're not with um, Jack Hamilton. Oh, sorry, sorry. I, you know, you're absolutely, you're absolutely spot on, Jack. Hamilton. Um In fact, they're all starting to flood back to me. What was the guy that uh, dropped the ball against Rangers a few years ago when oh, he for- I, I don't know if his name was. He played two games. I, I, I don't
2: right, know as an actual.
1: Just kind
2: of like yeah. an, 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 a manager, if
1: you like. Yeah. Aye, and then Peter Enkelman as well when <laughs> Mindy was brought in. So sorry, I retract, I retract my previous statement of only having four dud goalkeepers over the last five years. I'm clearly, I'm clearly wrong. I think ones that play consistently, you know, I think um we, we we've definitely um had more than a fair share, and it's good that we've now brought a keeper of the the quality Craig Gordon back. But and then hopefully going forward, you know, Harry Stone can maybe be the the next Craig Gordon. Um, but you know, as I said, I think you know you can have the best goalkeeper in the world. If you've not got a good defence, you know you're always going to leak goals.
0: With John Suter coming back does that help that that thing, or do we need to still bring in the right amount of defenders?
1: Nah, you you, you can't you can't trust John Suter yet. You know what I mean? He's, I mean, respectively, his his injury record's a joke for a player his age. You know, let's be honest with you, you know. So I think um, if we're if if Nielsen's, you know, foundation for next season is relying on John Suter coming back, then we're probably in bigger trouble than we think.
2: Yeah, I'd echo that. The, the thing with Suter as well, it's not even just these actual injury concerns. It's We don't know what he's going to be. I mean, to have to be out for as long as he's been out for, I genuinely forgot he was still at the club. Um, to be out for as long as he's been out for. And I feel I've got a lot of sympathy for John Suter because John Suter, to me, looked like the real deal. like an absolute steal for what we paid for him. I had high hopes for him. I still do. I still think if he can get back from his injury and get a run free, then there's a fantastic player in there. But you don't know how a guy recovers from... I mean, how many is that? He's had three really serious knee injuries at the He's been out probably more than he's played over the last three years. Your hope is he comes back in and he's he's the same player he was, but the sort of injury he's had, you can, the thing you can sort of compare it to is Craig Levine. I know Craig Levine's before our time, but he's to enough people that went. Then he was an unbelievable player before he'd done his knees. And he never, I don't think he ever quite recovered from that. And he retired incredibly young. And I hope it's not the case with John Stewart because I think, he, in my opinion, he should, he'd be starting for Scotland right now if he was fit. But I just, you just feel for him. You've just got to really feel for him. But we can't, as a club, we can't have that much sentiment that we base our defensive planning next season on him being available because it's just not, it's, it's just not sensible. It'd be a disastrous move. I mean, do you sort of take it in the way we, we planned without him and if we've got him and he's, he's back to his pre-injury form, then great, we've got an unbelievable sort of squad depth and option at centre-half, but we, can't, we cannot plan the next season on John Suter starting games or even being a backup. We need, in my opinion, I'd be willing to give Halkett another goal just because of what he was like at Livingston, but he's not done it harsh for me yet enough. But then how much of that is down on not having a settled partner, having absolute donkeys and goals behind them. I thought he was fine today, was solid today. Um, I thought he, he, Marshall Cummins pretty well throughout the game, didn't seem to miss anything. Maybe with a settled partner, but I think at the very least two centre-halves going into the next season, at the very least, if not another full-back who can possibly slot in. I mean, if, if Smith stays as well, you've got he can slot in there. And I think Kingsley can play less centre-back as well if needed, so two would probably be okay. I think definitely
1: two at the minimum. Yeah, I think I think as well, you know, because let's be honest, we better. he'll be leaving. Um, he'll be away, he'll be finished. Um, and then, you know, what happens to Pescu? Will Nielsen continue with him in the squad or will they try and offload him? And then, you know, we've, we've obviously lost out in Finlay, which was a blow, but you're then looking at who do you bring in after that? Do you, do you tap into the English market? try and bring somebody in. You know, there's obviously been some successes that have came up to Scotland and done well at centre-half, and there's been some that just can't hack it. Um, I'd like to see us go in and, and, and sign a, a proper no-nonsense centre-half because I think that's something we, um, we struggle with. You know, I think if you if you look at a guy like John Souter, he's more of a ball-playing centre-half. He likes to come forward, and and, and there's nothing wrong with that. And Halkett likes to do that as well. I think we we miss somebody who's a, a no-nonsense centre half. I think you have to have that blend, you know, um somebody who's just going to take control. It's somebody a leader, you know. I think Hearts missed like a Presley. Eh? I mean, they really do, you know, somebody like that centre half who um you just you just knew what you were getting, you know, he was a leader for the back and and you can you always felt safe with him in your back four and I think you know if we could and I know it's very difficult to find someone like that but um, if we could, it would really be a, a you know a huge bonus and somebody going forward because you look at the defence now and you just don't see anybody there. You know, even pre-injury Christoph Berra, you know, you could put him in a similar mould to what Presley was. You know, and um, if we could find somebody like that um, who you know could be a, a captain, leader type centre half, then um, that would that would be a huge bonus for us. Well, we'll stop
0: talking about defence, but we will talk about midfielder um, ever so briefly. What did you make of Peter Haring's red card, Calvin, in the game?
2: Again, conical. Like it's, it was just so nuts. Like as soon as he'd done it, he knew it was off. Like it was, it was a red card twenty years ago. Never mind now. He's just I don't know what he's thinking. I don't know if it's. Ru- I mean, I don't even put that down to rustiness. It's just it just seems so bizarre. Um, just what was it? A bit, waist height. Nowhere near the ball, studs up. I mean, the fact he was arguing it as well, I found absolutely insane. It's like, I, I don't know if he's arguing at the boys' reaction or or what, but you can't argue at the red card, but it was just, it was just nuts. I, I, he, he's waited all that time to get back in the team. He gets brought in to shore up the game with five minutes to go and then gets himself sent off. So, listen, I like Peter Arnang. I think he's a, think he's a phenomenal player as well, but you can't do that. And I, I don't know. I don't know if Nielsen will trust him again now because I think he's been like luckily again, it didn't cost us like Popescu's nonsense. But if we again, if we chucked a goal and with the two minutes that were still to play after that, you'd be like sitting there going, Well, oh, Haran's possibly cost us a game there, and the three minutes he's been the pitch. So, yeah, I, I don't know if Nielsen will trust him going forward. He's, he's obviously not been keen on him for whatever reason. Um, because He played it line, Denz was like his only start was it not? And he's never played him since. He's not even been, he's not even been an appearance off the bench since he finally gets his first appearance in two and a bit of months and then just does that. Yeah, I don't know what else you can say about it. Just nonsense.
1: I don't think uh, Nielsen talks a red card. I don't know if he was just deflecting to try and protect his player or whatever. But according to his comments, you know, he thinks it should have been a yellow, uh, and he's even talking about potentially peeling it. So, um. I, I don't know I, I think clearly you know Peter Han looking at it and now but some football can change very quickly but I think if you look at it he's probably on his way out of hearts you know he'll be on a good contract he's clearly not getting enough game time he's not going to want to sit you know on the stands or on the bench for another season he's at a pivotal point in his career where he needs to go and find a club and, and get regular game time and get himself back fit and, and get him back to the player that, that we obviously seen when he first came at hearts you know that no-nonsense central defensive midfielder who was just silky on the ball and would just, um, you know, he would just break everything up. He was that sure in the middle of the park. And I, I just thought, you know, you look back to his last full game that he kind of played before his injury, and which was the cup final. And, you know, he, for me, he just strolled it. You know, he didn't look out of place. And um, I think he's a tremendous player. And uh, I don't know if it's just because Robbie Nielsen hasn't seen enough of him um or he just doesn't think he's suited to this league or you know it's just a fitness issue. I don't know. I think there could be a number of problems there. But I think if you have a fully fit Peter Haran in your team, um, he could potentially be one of the best holding midfielders in the league. But again, um it's it's up to the manager. And um if he's not shown enough in training, um and if he's not gonna show enough and you know, if he's gonna when he gets I mean to be fair, I mean when, when you come on with ten minutes to go or five minutes to go, or whatever it was, you know, what? how much can you, you show from that, really? It's, it's not much of a chance or an opportunity in the team, but one thing you certainly can't do is get yourself sent off um, for a particularly stupid challenge. So, yeah, disappointing, but um, it'll be interesting to see where he goes from here. So,
0: Air United are next. It's, it's probably just another game to to tick off the list ahead of winning this league, Calvin, isn't
2: it? I hope so. Um, given our recent home form or away form or just form in general, it's, it's possibly not. Uh, but yeah, you hope games like that. But then Martin should have been on our tick off the list on the way to the championship title, and it, it couldn't turn out that way. So, and hopefully we've got a bit of monkey off our backs. Finally, actually getting the win today, and we just going hopefully. Like, Hopefully, stick a few goals, put on a show. Like I'd, I'm, just bored watching hearts. Like I don't look forward to them. When you sit there and you're just, I struggle to pay attention. But I'm not gonna lie. Like there's a lot of things in the game today that probably just passed me by. That I'm just glad you've not brought up because I was not, was not fully focused on the game. Like it's just, it's just garbage. So I'm hoping that there's a bit of entertainment there, a few goals to enjoy and and a win. But at this moment in time, we can't we can't take anything for granted. We just, we'll get there in the end. I think we're running out of games now for anybody to mount a serious challenge to us. But, yeah, it's, yeah, hopefully just an easy one, like the Christmas one against them.
1: Aye, it's, um, it's not been great to watch. I agree with Calvin as well, you know. I sit there, absolutely just, you know, I used to always get, you know, even depending on how bad hearts were, you know, we've seen some crap teams over the years and but you would always still have that enthusiasm, that little buzz before kickoff. And I don't know if it's just because we are sitting watching on the telly and we're not going to the match. Um, but they are dire to watch. I mean, they really are. Um, you know, even today, you know, we should be sitting here going, yep, 2-1. Um, Good win against a decent side in the league. Um, One of the rivals promotion promotion, we've now beat them twice at home. You, you know, you'd be thinking, yeah, that's positive. We've ended a result a run of three games in, in a row. But overall, it's not been good enough, has it? You know, we could win the league by 20 points and I think we'll still be sitting here. And, and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll be accused of just, you know, not being realistic and people will say, ah oh, but what more do you want? We've won the league and that's fine. But when, you, when you're 15 points clear at the top of a table, you expect it to have a little bit of swagger about you you know, a little bit of entertainment, like we did the last time when we won the championship, you know, at least that was a, a really exciting team going forward who we were scoring goals and, um. you know, it didn't matter who you played, you knew that they were going to go out there and they were going to play a certain way, they were going to be on the front foot and they were going to be looking to try and press the issue and create lots of chances. And, you know, you just sit and watch this team and it's a bit. you know, yeah, they'll probably win. Um or, well, I mean, they probably look like they won't lose games. I don't know if that's just the level of the opposition or what it is. I mean, I suppose looking at next season, I think that's when we'll, we'll really want to judge Hearts and Nielsen um, and whether or not he is the man to take us forward. But I think uh, I think what's disappointing is, you know, apart from Wraith Rovers, apart from the Wraith Rovers game away from what we won 4-0, there isn't a single game where we've turned up and thought, yeah, I'm liking the look of this. And for me, it's they've got to do it more often. And today was was a real opportunity where I thought um, that we would have seen a, a similar type of Wraith Rovers performance, you know, the, the away game. I, I thought we would have turned up here. I thought authority, showed that we we're a better team and, um, and took a few goals off them. And unfortunately, we didn't see that. But uh, as Calvin says, hopefully we'll see that next week, maybe against there. But we might be sitting here in a week's time Saying the same thing again. Hopefully, we'll see it next week, and hopefully, we'll see it next week. And I don't know. We just kind of keep going down this path, can we?
2: I mean, I think you make a fairly valid point about it, about not going to the games definitely affecting it. Because see, if you were at the game the day and you'd been, you know, a couple of pints before it went in the game, sat and chatted with your pals about the game, you generally just come away from Tynecastle buzzing while win regardless of how we win. Just, yeah, it can sometimes be boring, but a win's generally a win. You come back, you go for a few right. drinks after it. And- of course, it is. It's just, you know, the football is just part of the overall day. But at the moment, because there is absolutely nothing else to do and you spend your whole week waiting to watch the football and then just when it comes round, you're just sitting there. Part of the football for me is the social bit of it as well. Like I wouldn't enjoy going to the games by myself. So sitting watching the house by myself is pretty dire anyway. So I, I spend most of my time on Facebook Messenger to the people I go to the games with, chatting shit about the game. So,
1: well, the, 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 this is it you know I mean there's probably games in, in our run um, you know particularly at the start of the season under you know Levine when we started the season like a house on fire there was a few games where we weren't convincing but you know we got the win and you'd be delighted you know you would head up the road you would head up for a few pounds after the game and then back up the road to half cut and that for me is is what going to you know a home match is all about and it's just about getting the result but you're right when you're sitting here and you're you know you're over analysing it, because you're seeing replays and things like that as well, I think that definitely comes into it, and it depends on what angle you're sitting at as well, you know we're watching it through the telly, so we see everything, um, I think when you're at the match and you've only got your own wee angle I think maybe sometimes it can cloud your judgement slightly, that and the alcohol anyway um, but I, I still think you know, there would certainly be a few performers in this team who would be uh, feeling the wrath of the Tyne Castle crowd Um. I, I think you know at a club like Harse you can't go hiding. Um, and I think at the moment, I'd like to think you know maybe the the pressure, of the crowd would would boost them up, and you would see a, a better performance. But, um, you know at the moment, I think they've they've got a lot of convincing to do.
0: Well, here's hoping next season we can actually get to the pub before the game, get to the game, and be half cut by the time we're home. We're going to move on and chat a little bit about. Something we've chatted about before on this show, VAR, it's came up again over the past week, um, and the SFA are basically offering um, Scottish clubs to trial VAR Lite, basically. It's um, basically VAR, but with the four cameras that they use at the, at the games. There's been a, a bit of reaction to this on social media, or well, some fans have said they don't like the idea, it sort of takes away from you know sc- scoring the goal and celebrating, you've got to wait, using the english example but do, do, what do we think do we think it's it's a good thing for scottish football to be trialing something like this or do you think it does take away from the the whole experience of scoring a goal
1: i think um i think any fan outside the old firm maybe has a short memory um you know i think if you're sitting here and saying that var isn't a good thing for scottish football then um you know you obviously don't go to games or or don't watch your club too often because I think for me bringing something like VAR in to Scottish football um, because, I mean, listen, we're we're constantly talking about how poor referees are up here. You know, we've now got an opportunity to bring something in which assists them, makes their job easier and, and means that they can actually change a decision during the game. Um, I don't think anybody's talking about it being the, like the English version where they'll analyze it and if your toe's off offside then the goal will be ruled out. I don't think that's what the SFA are, are, are wanting to introduce here. I think what they're wanting to introduce is, you know, if there should have been a red card or if there's a penalty, you know, a referee can go and look at it. Um, you know, if somebody was clearly offside, you know, I mean, I don't think they're going to start getting the line, the the be lines out and you know and draw them and see. Oh well, you know, yep, yeah, that's yeah, his glove there's offside. That that is rule to go out. I don't think that's going to happen. One, they, they don't have the money to invest in that type of technology anyway, and they've they've came out and said that. Hence, why they've renamed it VR light. I think what they're what they're looking at here is more of a continental look at it. You know what they use in Italy and things like that. And uh, you know, for me, I, I think it's good for the game. I think it's. I mean, listen, we don't even have goaling technology up here yet. Um, I think any kind of you know thing going forward. I mean, fans are not like I say. You know, people people look at the English games and the amount of times that a goal scored and then they have to review it and stuff like that and they stop saying, and I think that's what people are a bit nervous about, you know, is it going to impact that side? I don't, I, I don't think it, it will, you know, because it's not that type of technology they're bringing in. I think it's for key um decisions, you know, like did, did he elbow him? Right. I'm going to have a look at it. Yes, he did. He's off. Did he dive for that penalty? Yes. The goalkeeper didn't touch him. I'm not giving the penalty booking for diving. Um, You know, for example, you know, did that ball cross the line? I'd like to think they'll just have the goal in technology and they can go, yes, there we go. Don't need to look at var for that. But even if they didn't, they can go, um, yep, for me it does cross the line. Right, goal, good, move on. I think that's I think that's what's happening. I think that's what they'll use it for. And for me, that's a positive thing because you know, listen, you'll never necessarily level the playing field when it comes to the um to to what the old firm have. But when you go to Celtic Park and Ibrox, We have absolutely been on the end of some dubious decisions over the years. And now, if you have something like VAR, then it maybe means that, you know, a few of those dubious decisions are overturned.
0: It does make it fair though, Calvin, doesn't it? It makes it, you know, it gives a sort of level playing field to a certain extent.
2: I think the big reason why people are nervous, like Gordon said, is they look at what's happening in England and it is ruining the game down there. Like there's no getting away from that. I can't be bothered with that. And if that was what was going to happen up here, I could start to put a lot of people off, um, off going. But from what it sounds like, it's not going to be like that. And like you see, refs, the refs up here are poor. It's just poor standard of refereeing in general. And any help we can give them, I'm not, I'm not going to be against. And I think there has been some major. I mean, you know, we've been on the receiving end of major decisions that VAR would would have cost us. A whole, I whole think Lee Griffiths' goal at Easter Road. That I mean, even without VAR, they should have been getting that one. But overall, I think. Especially in the bigger game against the old firm, I think it'd be very, very useful to we'll give the refs a second look. I think if they'd done it, like I've, I've been at one game in Italy where just after they introduced far, I, I think Italy might have had it the season before actually for cup games possibly. And it was night and day of the English way. It was, like Gordon said, it was big decisions. It wasn't every, you know, it wasn't checking if he was a toe offside, it was like if he's clear offside. Um, and it, it was quite seamless, there, were, there wasn't big stoppages, there, there was two major, two goals chopped off with when I was there, at the game I was at, and it was seamless, like the players knew right away, it was it was obvious that they were offside, both the goals, um, and there was a last minute winner in the game, and the fans still went, man, I still felt like any last minute winner in another game I'd been at, they weren't sitting there holding their breath, because there was no clear and obvious reason for it to be pulled off, so the ref didn't the ref didn't need to go and check but the big difference that I noticed there is that the referee went to the screen and checked if it's just a case I was on a monitor on the ground where if the ref wants to have a look at something again he can then I'm 100% all for it and I think I think most fans would be I think what they're worried about is the nonsense we're seeing down south where a player's shoelace is offside and they, they analyze from 25 different angles and you've got the person to calibrate the lines to make sure it's bang on and Five minutes to decide if someone's a goal or not. No, nah, that's that's not for me at all, and I fully appreciate why people would be against that. But we, God, so we don't have the money for it. We don't have the time. We're, we're not going to have something like Stockley Park, where we're going to have a, a centralized refereeing system watching every game and re, like giving the giving the ref stuff in his ear. It's, it's probably going to be a monitor at the side of the screen. I mean, we we have that. Now. I mean, coaches sit there with iPads. It's always annoyed me where like if there's been something so blatantly obvious, the ref has missed it legitimately. Why can't he just? Because like, the coach will be standing with his iPad, try to show him, and the ref can't look at it and say, "Actually, oh, I've clearly got that wrong. That was never a sending off, or that that goal should have stood." So, I think it's it's a sensible move going to technologies are one that's big. That definitely, I mean, that should have been years ago. I don't, I don't understand why. At least in the top flight, anyway, that hasn't been put in. Um, but yeah, I think I think we need some we need something. We can't we can't be the only league in the world that doesn't have some sort of. We'll just get left. We're already quite far behind, but we'll get left behind even more. I think like he says certain park and I brought to the places where it would be very very, it'd be, it'd be, it'd be you know it'd be keeping an eye on it because it's still up to the referee to overturn these decisions and I know it's a lot harder for them to to just you know get away with it if they can have a replay but there's been there's been situations like that before I think is that when Zalukas got sent off at Aberdeen and the referee had the chat back when we went the referee decide if decision should be appealed or not. And he and Brian's went and watched it again. Watched Alikas get head get butted the same everyone else did. Just stick on, uh, should have been a stick on overturn, and he decided not. Nah, there was nothing wrong with it. it red card, so there, there's still going to be elements of that there. So I don't, yeah. I don't think
1: it'll solve every problem. I think um, the most important thing is referees continually up here anyway. Hide behind the old, the old excuse where they, they, you know, they, they can't go over and, and they've only got a split second to see it and they, they can't do anything about it. But. In actual fact, no, you have a monitor where you can go over, you can have a look, and then you can make the decision. And if the decision is clearly wrong and the majority of people disagree with it, you'll rightly be criticised, like Calvin alludes to, the, the Ian Bryan situation. If he goes over and has a look at something and, and clearly it's the wrong decision, but he sticks to it and says, no, no, I, I think that's the way of it, then, you know, you, you send them to the championship for a few weeks. You know, you, you, you take it away until they actually get to... You know, there's no place to hide. With somewhere like VAR, and I think, um, you know, considering the fact the level of the referees that we have, I think it's um, instead of having to talk about refereeing decisions every week, at least now we will have the technology where um, you know, it doesn't become such a such an issue. Hopefully,
0: do you think there'll be a resistance towards it? Do you think clubs will tend to say, "Oh, we don't want the games to be stopped. We don't want this for
1: VAR." Okay. It would be a shock, me, It really would be.
2: I think there's two two clubs in particular, right, that will be very very against. They'll claim they're not right. They'll, they'll both say, "Oh, we're not against it," but behind the scenes, they'll be having words about it because they they not. I mean, they, they deny it, right? Because they'll never see the league through their own their own wee petty rivalry between the two of them. But I know for a fact, like Hearts and games against smaller sides, I've seen us get decisions that you know wouldn't necessarily be given the other way. Do you see it. No, but not to the extent that they get. it. I think in like, Scottish football, it was a massive problem that almost all referees, they've, all, they've almost all got lean in. You're not going to get into football if you don't support a club. So we know they've got lean in that way. And I think VAR would massively help in weeding that sort of thing out. With Everyone knew Mike McCurry when he was a referee who he supported. And I think major instance like the Barry Ferguson handball in the semi-final that I'm still bitter about, what, 13 years later... Um, he couldn't get away with that he couldn't just say it, even though he's seen it like, he clearly seen it clear as day He seen the pictures of staring right at it yeah. he
1: was standing right next to Barry Ferguson he actually yeah. smiled when he scored
2: I know but like, these things I don't think they could get away with and I think I think the old farm know that like, and I think they would they'd be very they wouldn't say it in public I, I don't think they would say it in public but I think behind the scenes they would be very um, very against it because they, they know it wouldn't benefit them
0: that, that, that decision is baffling. I still remember that. I actually remember my dad um, after that went in because I was still quite young and he started shouting, Basketball Barry, it's Basketball Barry. <laughs> and,
1: and <laughs> do, 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 do you know what? It was literally, I mean, everyone could see it. I mean, I was about four or five rows from the front and you know what Hamden's like anyway. I mean, it's, it's especially when you're down the bottom, it is brutal, but, you know, still had a clear view of it, you know, and where, and I was at the other end and yeah, he's standing three or four yards away from him and doesn't he see anything wrong with it? I mean, the guy's... really is this absolute embarrassment and that, that's why, you know, we, I think we've been left behind. I think it's, it's certainly a part to play as people's bias. And listen, it's only natural because, let's be honest with you, if I was a referee or if I was working at the top end of the game, I'd naturally be, you know, if there's a 50-50 decision, I'm, I'm going to blow in the favour of hearts. Of course I am. It's just, it's just natural, you know what I mean? And these people are the exact same. Um, you know, they're football fans at the end of the day and clearly they do have their, their biases and I know it's very difficult to find referees um, who probably don't have an allegiance but if you look down south for example and, and I think the biggest one was always Mark Clattenburg was, wasn't allowed to referee Newcastle games because he's a Geordie um, and I think you know we've got to have a similar thing, I think they've got to go and, you know, listen, Scotland's still a big enough country where they can go to all four, four corners of the, the, the nation and find referees um, they don't always have to be from the west of Glasgow, and I think that probably is the problem. I think, you know, you let's try and get more referees from the Highlands, encourage them, you know, in Aberdeen and Dundee and, uh, you know, Edinburgh, West Lothian, you know, w- wherever you want, doesn't matter. You know, try and encourage people to, to become referees, and, you know, I think as well, a lot, maybe a lot of things that put people off becoming referees is the, the abuse that you're going to take if you get a decision wrong. Well, now say to these referees. Well, listen, you—we've got the technology to help you. You know, come along and and use this technology. And and listen, you know, you'll have you'll have an opportunity to 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 look at it again. It won't just be, you know, your split second. You won't be scared to give a decision against a certain team. You can actually go and have a wee look. And I think I think it's a good thing. You know, I think people are just they're they're thinking too much about it being uh, the the English. VAR which is the only VAR in world football that's like that by the way and I think people just need to take a wee deep breath here and and, and actually read about what the SFA are proposing here rather than getting all emotional about it
2: yeah because one of the things English football in general is really bad for over analysis it has been since the like since I've been watching it but it's got it's definitely got worse over the last few years like it's Every tackle shown from ten different angles. And then the referee was criticized for it, you know, he couldn't see those ten angles at match of the day showed for 45 minutes. Um and we but we've never had that up here. Like sportsing doesn't overanalyse things like like they do on match of the day. So I'm not concerned. Like you say, I've, I've been a few like, a few foreign games that have it, and it's nowhere near as bad as as England is. I mean Sierra is probably the, the most common one they, they had at the first thing, and it, it's it's far more seamless. I think it's just any, like anything English football; they just went too far. Like they, they did everything,
1: just way over the top. I think, I think UEFA probably. I mean, because the Champions League one seems to work well. I mean, very rarely do you get any issues with the the, the V A R and Champions League. You know, I mean, no, the, the 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 other day there, I think it was Chelsea and Atletico, and you know, they they were reviewing. I think Chelsea's goal to see whether or not um the ball had came off the Atletico player. And it took a couple of minutes, but at the end of the day, you know, if I looked at that in real time you know, I would have thought Giroud was offside and the goal shouldn't have shouldn't have stood. But, you know, and and the linesman clearly did as well because they didn't give the goal, but VAR looked at it didn't take too long. They thought, right, there you go, it's came off the player, the goal stands. And and then they just got on with the game. And I think um, you know, as Calvin says, I've I've been an Italian game myself. I was at UV Inter a few years ago and um VR was used to um overturn a yellow card and turn it into a red card. Um and and for me, you know, I think things like that um definitely come in handy because uh you know we we all see the same thing the referees uh, does and we've obviously clearly got our own bias because you know usually it involves our team or, or goes against our team but i think you know for a referee to remain impartial and certainly do their job to the best of their ability um they've got to have the technology to help them do that and i just think you know we can continue to live in the dark ages, or we can actually try and move our game forward. And I think something like VAR would do that.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, we had a whole
1: World Cup without
2: any, for what I remember, and also I didn't watch every single game, but there wasn't, um, there wasn't any major controversy. I remember that. Well, when I was in the first introduction as well, So you'd at least expect to be some teething problems. I don't remember it being an issue at all. It seemed to work pretty, pretty smooth. I think it's just because English football is a. It's bad down south, I couldn't even bother with that. I could not be bothered with that up here. But I'm very hopeful that it's not going to be. So if it's not, then I'm I'm for it. But I fully understand why people are skeptical and why they're sitting there going nah. Because you hear it every you know, every week when there's fans on the ground, fans chanting fuck VAR every single week, and there's a reason for that because it was ruining the get it's ruining the match the experience down south. So so hopefully we don't go down that road, but. As Gordon says, every other country in the world that's got VAR has it and doesn't have the same issues we have. So sorry, sort no, of a weed that the, the Premier League does.
1: Yeah, I think there's got to be a benefit of the doubt as well. You know, I mean, some of the goals that have been chopped off because, of, you know, someone's toe is, you know, a, a slightly over the line. And, you know, some days, you know, I reckon their, their arm, like half their arm or something. I think, you know... Yeah, you could you can nitpick it and go well. Technically, it is offside by the letter of the law, but at the same time, if you see that in real time and the linesman doesn't give it offside, you you wouldn't you'd be like you could but oh there's maybe a question offside, but for me the goal should stand. And and that that's that's what used to happen. You'd be oh he's just in tight. There's maybe a hint of offside, but there isn't. I think if you you review something like that and say you know I don't know the linesman does give it offside. And then you look at it back and you go, well, actually, I think he's in line without getting the, the blinking pens out and the rulers and going, mm, but is he, though? If you look at it back and go, actually, I think he's onside there and just give the goal. I think I think that's what a lot of people, annoys a lot of people. You know, it is. It's just particularly for the goals, they rule out more than anything. You know, I think if it's if you're effectively in line, then you've got to give the goal for me.
0: I suppose it's all about a balance and it will be something we'll talk about over the next few weeks but that is the end of the show thank you both for joining us this week and yeah hopefully we get another win over here to get us that wee bit closer to that championship title until then goodbye